0: What is up
1: guys, it's Andy Priscella, and this is the show for the realists, say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness and delusions of modern society and welcome to motherfucking reality guys. Today we have Q and AF, that's how we start off every week. Uh, this is where you submit questions and we give you answers. Now you could submit your questions a couple different ways. The first way is... Guys, you can email those questions in to askandy at Or you can go on YouTube on the q and A F episodes and drop your, com- your question in the comments, and we'll pick some from there as well. Uh, other times, we have shows within the show. It's not always Q&A. We have a CTI. That stands for Cruise the Internet. That's what's going on in the world. Society, culture, current events, what's happening. We speculate on what's true. We speculate on what's not true, and then we talk about what we need to do as the people to solve these problems going on in the world. Other times you're gonna get real talk, five to 20 minutes of me giving you some real talk, and then we're gonna have 75 hard verses. That's where somebody comes in who's completed the 75 hard program, talks about how their life was before, how their life is now, and how you can use the 75 hard program to change the direction of your life. If you're unfamiliar with 75 hard, you can go to uh, episode 208 on the audio feed. And you can listen to that and get the whole program for free. 75 Hard is the first phase of the Live Hard program. And the entire Live Hard program is free. You can get it at episode 208 on the audio feed only. It's not on YouTube. We've only been doing YouTube for uh, about a year. Um, There is a book available. It's called The Book on Mental Toughness. You can get that on my website, Uh, The book is not necessary, but it's a great book. It details the entire Live Hard program. And then it has 10 10- Plus chapters on uh, mental toughness, why you need it, why it's important, how you can develop it. And uh, then it's got some case studies on some very famous people and how they've used it in their lives as well. So uh, you don't need to buy it, but I think you're going to like it. We can't keep it in stock. So uh, we have this thing we call the fee. We say pay the fee. Um, we don't run ads on the show. All right. You're going to notice that. I don't come on here, read stuff. And that's because I don't want to answer to anybody. Uh, I am a entrepreneur myself. I finance the show myself. And uh, I don't want to listen to anybody bitch about what we talk about We try to keep it real here So we do this thing where we say uh, Pay the fee And what that means is share the show We're always fighting censorship We're always fighting um, traffic throttles and traffic bans And for the word to get out We need your help So I just ask very simply If you enjoy the show If it's something you like If it's an important message Please do your part and share the episode that you're listening to That you think is valuable Um, Yeah, so don't be a hoe Share the show all right. what's up, man?
0: Hey, what's going on? i not much. Yeah, about ninety percent there. Ninety
1: percent in rare. my mouth. Huh? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, about ninety. Yeah, you feeling good?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, swelling's down. No more um, throat coat, or are you still going? Yeah, no, no more throat coat. I think I'm all right. Um, you know, the only thing is, I think I might be starting to get like a little dry socket here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got to do for that? I don't know. That's the thing. I, I have no idea. So like it's you like you need a, to
1: text Honey, dude. Honey will tell you he knows all the shit. He knows that shit, yeah. yeah. Like he was telling me yesterday, he's like, got he's talking about like clover oil or something. Like I've that. heard that too.
0: Yeah. yeah, I just didn't know. Like that, just you know, like it's kind of tree hugger stuff. No,
1: he said it works, man. It's Like real and shit. I somebody can tell you this. Told me that. Just anything just, Honey's ever said, dude, been
0: true. Yeah. Somebody else, I, I've heard. I've, I've somebody else that told me clove oil or yeah, something like that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. What's good with you? Nothing, man. Monday. Yeah, I just.
1: Ready to get this week going. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the it's perfect. You know, this being a Monday, it actually goes right into our first question.
1: Uh, so let's get into it. Yeah. Cool. Hey, guys,
0: Andy, question number one. Andy, um, I know you're not crazy. Uh, you're not into crazy morning routines. All right. Um, but is there one to two things that you have done through the years each morning to set you on the right path for the mm-hmm. day? Um, I know that it's about putting the work in, but I often feel like when I wake up, As soon as my feet hit the floor, I enter chaos. I'm trying to keep myself a little bit more proactive instead of reactive.
1: Uh, Any help would be appreciated. Yeah, look, dude, it's not that I don't like morning routines. It's not that I hate morning routines. It's just we have so many knuckleheads on the internet pretending like their morning routine is the, uh, the catalyst for whatever success that they have. And then when we actually look at the success that they have, they don't have any because they spend seven hours on their morning routine so it's way overcooked it's out of hand uh you know i'm all about having a routine that sets you off on the right path every day i think that's important but these you know i wake up at 3 a.m and then i go outside and i ground and i swallow the sun rays and fart them out and then i you know, go inside and I inhale my own Sunray farts and (laughs) it makes me more healthy. And then I do five cold plunges and saunas back to back for 35 minutes each. And then I journal for seven hours. And then, you know, like that's... Then I get my day going. Yeah, that's what we've gotten into. It's midnight now. (laughs) And and we have an entire brand of people who are like selling their morning routine as the solution to everything. Um, And it's just not true. Okay, this is inputs and outputs. It's what you do, how effective you are that will produce the result. Doing some sort of magical fucking, you know, holistic routine is not going to pad your fucking pocketbook, bro. Mm. That's what the fuck you're trying to do. Okay, and you're trying to be fit. You're trying to be healthy. I understand that. But, uh, you know, there's there's a limit to this shit. So there's things I like. There's things I don't like. And I would just caution everybody out there who's hungry to be successful to realize that most of these guys talking all this shit, they don't, they don't, they're popular on the internet. They're not building real shit like you guys are trying to do. Okay. Our time is valuable. It has to be poured into things that are going to produce a result. And, uh, you know, an excessive morning routine just isn't one of those things. And so, you know, things that I like to do. I do like cold plunges. I think cold plunges are a great way to get going. And, you know, you can do that in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, but you know, I I think, you know, for me, dude, it's very simple. I wake up, I do my gratitude exercise while I'm brushing my teeth. Okay. I I I taught when I'm brushing my teeth, I use that as a physical signal to consciously think about how grateful i am that i get to go do what it is that i'm about to go do for the day Mm -hmm. and i totally understand the point that this person's making about you know the minute your feet hit the floor you're in chaos mode that's for any operator that's reality because that's your job but at the end of the day man you know you're lucky to be able to have the opportunity to do this you could be working in some bullshit job somewhere You know, and and you should be making the most of it. So, you know, my thing is, is when I wake up, I try to, the first thing that goes through my head is, bro, you're the fucking man. Like, you're going to fucking dominate today. Like, you're lucky as fuck to be you. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's like the first thing I try to think. And then I get into brushing my teeth, dude, uh, before I take a shower and I start thinking about how thankful I am for what it is. And, you know, I might hit a cold plunge before that. But I don't get too super excessive, dude. I don't wake up at fucking 3.30 in the fucking morning and do all this shit. And uh, I've never done that shit. We have a lot of young minds who are impressionable that think that certain things are, are are extra important to becoming financially successful and building a career. And the truth is, man, the the thing that's super important to you, building uh, a gr- a great career and becoming financially successful or becoming a tremendous entrepreneur or operator is skill set and relentlessness. So it's your ability to get up, take the punches, don't quit. When you fucking get your ass beat, you learn the lesson, you apply it next time. And if you can just master that simple formula of, you know, not quitting and learning from your mistakes and you keep going down the path, eventually you're gonna get pretty far. And it doesn't matter what you do in the morning.
0: Yeah, it's almost like you know they're 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 more focused on prepping for the journey than they are just yeah getting, for sure bro to that, the journey
1: DJ that's what people do yeah that's why like people when they say they're gonna like start working out they go to the fucking sporting goods store and they get the gloves and the elbow fucking yeah, wraps and, and like the workout all clothes the and yeah. they get chalk and it's bro you never even touched a weight before. Mm-hmm. You know what i'm saying like yeah. dude you ever noticed and and and, dude like if that makes you feel good cool but buying all the gear that ain't going to get you where you want to go bro it's going to be the work and so people are willing to do all the prep work in any area to avoid doing the real work and that's what we're seeing with this morning routine shit. yeah and bro there's a lot of people out here you know <clears throat> who are doing it and if it works for you great but don't let it suck your time and your energy to the point where you can't get on with your day and be productive. I run my entire day just the same way I tell you guys. I use the power list. It's episode 16 on Real AF Feed. Scroll back and listen to it. This is my productivity system that I created that actually produces real results. It is the only method I know of, the only one that if you follow it exactly as it's prescribed. You cannot fucking lose. It's impossible to lose. If you do exactly what I tell you to do and you do it exactly the way I show you, and you did that for three years, and I could go back and look at your journal and see that you did it perfect, it would be impossible for you not to be winning after that amount of time, at least at some scale. Mm-hmm. So it's a fail safe system that if you follow directions and you don't, and you resist the temptation that you all have, which is to fuck with it and tweak it. Okay, like you guys do with 75 hard, and then you're like, oh, well, I don't fucking get it. You're not in a position to make the adjustments. The level of awareness you need to have is like you're trying to get somewhere, and you're using systems that have been developed by someone who has gotten somewhere. You are not in a position to make compromises or adjustments when you don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's like walking into a fucking... Uh, chemical engineering plant and just turning some fucking knobs you know what i'm saying like you don't know what the fuck you're doing you don't have the awareness so like if you follow it exactly as it's laid out dude it's the only way i can say it's the closest thing to a guarantee i can get you to success success i love it love it guys andy
0: question number two uh andy since you're 25 years in looking back on your journey what are some signs that we can look for on our own success journey to reassure us that we are on the right path when maybe the fruits of the harvest haven't really shown yet, when you feel like you're doing all the right things, but you just haven't seen the reward yet, how do you know you're actually doing it? Asking for my sanity.
1: Well, the powerless is a great way. Another feat, okay. Yeah, yeah, because you track it along the way. That's why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. This is why I love the system so much. It goes right back to question number one. If you go listen to episode 16 and you get a journal and you start fucking journaling out your days, you can literally flip back and see the days you won and the days you lost. And you can actually make a ratio out of that and say, I won 77% of the time. What's 77% in school? That's a fucking C, okay? That means you're average, all right? So you got to up it. You got to up your win rate to the 80, 90% upper 90% to get into that zone where you're really pushing hard with your momentum. So that's a great way to track. And the reason I like that so much is because you can look back and see exactly what you did, even when you feel like you're not moving very well. But other things too, you know, uh, it's not just how much money you're taking home. You know, a lot of people confuse the end result with progress. You know, they focused on the end results so hard, which you need to, that they cannot notice the progress along the way. So when they're not where they wanna be and they stop and they're like, fuck, I'm not even close to where I'm trying to be, they still can't see the progress because they're blinded by the vision they have in their mind. So you have to be able to acknowledge the progress that you made. And one of the best ways that you can do that is by tracking it. So that's why I'm such a big fan of that system. And by the way, it's fucking free. It's not like I'm selling it to you. Okay, Uh, it's on episode 16 of the audio feed. But the point is, is you have to be able to stop and look around and say, all right, dude, look, I'm three years in, you know, for me, dude, like I was at three years in, I still wasn't making any money. But we didn't have just one customer. You know what I'm saying? We had people coming in on a regular basis. Our product inventory in our store had grown tremendously, three or four or five times over. You know, there were signs of progress. People were wearing our t-shirts. It was, you know, it was different. And so we have to pay attention to the nuances of the progress, uh, which is hard to see when we're looking at the, you know, what we want. We want this huge life that we're ultimately trying to get to, but that's a 10, 15 year goal, not a fucking three year goal. Right. So um Because this is a real reality, right? Like, yeah, now, and I feel like I've heard you explain this before, and in, in like the
0: metaphor of like a hockey stick when it comes to mm-hmm. success, mm-hmm. right? But like this time from when you plant something in the ground to when it harvests, you don't like. There's no guarantee for sure, bro. There's a story about the Chinese bamboo
1: come. tree, bro. There's there's a mm-hmm. there's a chi- there's a version of the Chinese bamboo tree that you have to plant in the ground, mm-hmm. okay and for five years nothing happens so that means if you're going to grow this particular kind of chinese bamboo you have to actually make sure for five years that the seed is not disturbed and that you water it and that you make sure that the shit doesn't get dug up or washed out or something happens right for five years and then once it starts to sprout it sprouts to 60 to 80 feet in the next eight weeks Jeez. OK, after five years. So imagine if the farmer who grows this shit comes out and looks in the ground and says nothing's happening. Fuck, I quit. Right. What if the farmer who grows all our food does that? What if what if all of our farmers in the United States of America planted their seeds in the ground and went out there in three days and nothing was in the ground and they said, fuck, this isn't working. We'd all starve. Okay, so understanding that things take time is a massive part of the equation, because like I say over and over to you guys, most people don't give things enough time to materialize and they quit too soon. I saw this clip of this woman on the Internet the other day, which might have been the dumbest clip I've ever seen in my fucking life ever. (laughs) It was this girl who was saying that if you don't get if you don't get paid what you want every two years, then you should leave your job and find a new one. And and one of my buddies sent me the clip and was like, "What do you think of this?" I said, "Bro, <clears throat> I think I'm actually dumber for hearing that." You know, like if you quit after two Joe, where would you be in music and your skill set if you had quit 2 years in? Right? Where where the fuck would anybody be? Where the fuck would Elon Musk be? Where would Andy Frisella be? Where the fuck would you be Are you listening? The re- the reason most people fucking fail, bro, is because they quit too soon. They go from they go two to three years, and then they say, this isn't working. And then they go two to three years, at something new, and they say, this isn't working. And they go two to three years, of something new, and they say, this isn't working. And it's no different than the farmer going out in the field and looking at the field after three days and saying, this isn't working. And this is why most people fail in life, because you don't give yourself enough time to actually develop the skill set at the depth that you need to have it to actually progress. And these younger kids don't understand this. You know, the, the ones on the internet. Is, I mean, is that arrogance? Is that, I mean, what? No, is how, how would you know that if you didn't have that perspective? It's yeah. very easy when you're 23 yeah. years old to look at the fucking thing and be like, every two years, if I don't get paid, I'm fucking leaving, fuck you. But when you're 40 and you look back, you're like, two years, I can't do shit in two years. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, it's ignorance. Yeah, it's ignorance, yeah. bro. And they just don't know. And that's the problem with the internet is like, th- there should be some sort of like license that you have to like get. To even talk about this shit? Yeah. Because this video had like a lot of views on it, bro. And people are watching it. I'm reading the comments and people are agreeing. And you know what I thought? There's a whole bunch of fucking broke motherfuckers right there. Because, dude, what if I had quit in two years of being in the supplement business and decided to do something else? What if I had quit two years into my podcast? You see what I'm saying? Like, bro, these that's not enough time. And it's not enough time for a business. It's not enough time for a career. It's not enough time for... An entrepreneur, you just can't learn the skills in two years, bro. You can't do it. can't do it. And you certainly can't master them, okay? And mastering of the skill set, being a great executioner of these skills is what drives your paycheck. Your ability to create value, whether you're the owner of the company or you work inside the company, is going to be determined by how good you are not by how many hours you put in no one fucking cares how long you work i don't give a shit how many hours you put in no one does it's not a relevant thing that's that's what fucking the old school says that's what your mom and your dad and your grandpa say and notice they all say the same shit I put in all these hours all this time, blah, 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 and I didn't get shit, yeah, because all those hours you put in weren't effective or productive and you didn't even really fucking try. You went to work, you hid in the corner, you looked how to avoid doing any sort of valuable shit and you rotted for 30 years. Congratulations, you wasted your fucking life. That's not good advice for the next generation, okay? That's just how it works. And if your parents tell you that, it's because they're losers, I'm sorry it is what it is. We all have to get to a certain amount of age where we start looking at our parents and looking at the people around us and saying, are these people winning or are these people losing? And I can promise you the people who talk about how much time they put in as the main thing, they don't have nothing else to talk about. That's all they got. All I got is how much time I put in. They don't talk about the achievements they had, the things they contributed, the the ideas they built out, the initiative they took, the ways they built the company, or helped the company, they don't think about that shit. They say, I was there for 20 years, and they gave me a fucking Casio watch. Well, yeah, yeah motherfucker, yeah. you didn't even fucking do shit that whole 20 years, bro. Congratulations. You yeah, yeah, you're lucky you got a fucking Casio. Holy fuck. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah, I'm saying, yeah. man. And so, like, yeah. dude, we have the value system based around successes, based around um, reality, Okay, and and in reality, it's it doesn't matter how many hours you put in; it matters how effective you are. And here's the thing: this is where people get confused. It takes a shit ton of hours to become an expert at the skill set. So at the beginning of the fucking pursuit, you have to put in exponential amount of hours to gain the skill. Once you become an expert at the skill, no one gives a fuck how long it takes you to do something. I don't give a shit how long it takes fucking uh, Joe to craft up some fucking media shit. You know, I just want to see that it's good. And and you know what? Because he doesn't want to spend 72 hours making a fucking piece. He's extra skilled and he makes the shit quick. And, We're all happy, and I don't sit at home and say, Joe, that's awesome. But you know what? You only put three hours into that motherfucker. I don't give a shit. I don't fuck. I hope he doesn't. I hope he does it in a microwave minute, dude. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like for real, bro. Yeah. I don't care, and neither does your boss. Nobody cares. We care about the fucking result. And all of you guys out here listening to all these fucking losers tell you it's about the time, and you know, or this stupid lady telling you boy, every two hours or every two years, you got to, bro, you'll be broke as fuck with that mentality. I promise you, you may disagree with me now. You may think I'm full of shit now. Come find me in 15 years and tell me what the fuck you think. There's a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch that come back to me now after I've been doing this for almost a decade. And they're like, bro, when you first started talking that shit, I thought you were crazy. You know what? You were fucking right. Similar to real AF. Yeah, it's real shit. Okay, serious. so... There's gonna be a lot of people that have rude awakening in about bro, 10 years. Maybe. yeah, and that's... So this is the fucking problem, dude, is that we only get one chance. Yeah. So, like, we can't afford, when we're young, to, like, make the wrong... To buy into the wrong ideology of how, how the game really works. Okay? Like, if we choose... Like, if if we're in our, this life and we only have, let's say, from 20 to 80, okay? 60 years to do something with our life. And we buy into the wrong value system when we're 20 because our parents told us some fucked up shit. Like, oh, you know, I was there for 40 years and they gave me a fucking blah, blah, blah. And fuck them and fuck your job. They don't care about you. No, you didn't care. So they didn't care back. That's what happened. And so when we get these kids to buy into this process of, valuing time invested versus valuing how much they contribute and how much you're fucking them for their entire lives. Because what happens is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. This person works. They work, they work, they work, they work, they work. Then they start saying, fuck, I'm not moving. And fuck, I guess dad was right. Dad was right, dude. I put in five, six years here. They don't give a shit. But they fail to stop and ask, what did you do during those five or six years? And this goes for entrepreneurs as well. If you have a fucking a storefront, uh, whether it be digital or whether it be, uh, you know, brick and mortar, and you just go there every day and unlock the door and go in and don't do anything, and you do it for five years, you don't say, oh, I did the business for five years. Business doesn't work. You didn't do shit. Right. Okay, so we have to be very careful as young people, and this is why I'm bringing MFCEO Project back. This is why I'm bringing it back. Because the young generation needs to know how the game really works. And there's so many predators and so many liars and so many inexperienced people on the internet now who are trying to sell people a line of shit to line their own fucking pockets that they need to know the real game. And the real game is not easy, it's not quick, it's not fast, it's very hard, you gotta have high skills, but it's possible. And that's really all we can ask. All we can ask is, is it possible? And then we can decide, what am I willing to do for that? And I can tell you, for every single motherfucker listening to this show, it is 100% possible. But you got to understand the game, and you got to play by its rules.
0: I love that, man. I love it. Uh, guys, let's get to question number three. Uh, let's get into some business stuff, Andy. Uh, hey, Andy, I'm 22, and I'm starting my own business. I have started a bakery uh, and I also know that 80 to 90% of restaurants don't make it past five years. What mistakes should I be cautious for and what should I do to make a long-standing
1: business work? Bro, listen, bakery's an excellent example of a great storefront where experience matters, okay? Your product's going to matter most. Do you make good shit? Okay, can you actually bake? Does the bread taste yeah, like or, shit? <laughs> or is it just your grandma that tells you you're good at baking? Mm. Are you actually good at baking? Go to the five best bakeries in your town and get your shit and go set it next to it and go out on a random street corner and fucking ask people to try it. You'll get a real good idea of how good you are. You need an unbiased understanding of how good your product is and if it's not good, you got to make it compete and preferably better, all right, if you can. That might not be a day one thing, like I said in the previous question. That might be a skill set that you have to acquire over time, like baking is, okay? So, figure out how good the product is and be honest with yourself. Don't listen to your mom and dad and your fucking friends. They're all liars. Find out what people that don't... That's right. It's so good. You know how it is, bro. And then they're talking shit. You walk out of the room like, fuck, this nasty. It was disgusting. I'm feeding this to a fucking dog. Andy must have made this. Yeah, right. So like, dude. Yeah, dude. So we have to understand that we have to have an unbiased, true understanding. Is our shit good? All right? Now, if it's good and you want to kick the fuck out of every other bakery in town... Focus 100% on customer experience. When those people come in, you gotta make them understand like, bro, I'm so glad you came in. I am so thankful to meet you. It's awesome to meet you and start building community around that by making the experience of the input. Here's the best part about it. People are so tired of being on their phones and they're so tired of social media that they are craving companies that do business the way that business has always supposed to have been done. If you go back into the sixties and fifties, business was all done that way. That's how business was done. But as we've gotten more technology uh, focused, more and more and more and more as the years have gone by, we've gotten less and less good at the skill sets. Bro, one in four fucking Gen Z people bring their fucking parents to an interview for their first job. That's where we're at now, okay? That's where we're at. With per- yes. That's where we're at with personal skills, okay? So if you can develop great in-person skills and great relationship building in an in-person environment and you have a good product, dude, you, your one-store bakery can crush. Can It will become a fucking phenomenon. People will be lining up out the door. So there's, there's things that you should think about when we talk about building a brand from the ground up. And when you focus that demand into the actual relationship building, what's happening here is you're creating a word of mouth phenomenon. People are coming into your, your bakery. They're having a great fucking Danish or whatever, right? Yeah. Then they're meeting you, they're meeting your team, they're getting treated awesome. And you know what they're gonna do? The minute they walk out of that door, they're gonna pick up their fucking phone and they're gonna say, holy shit, bro. I went to this bakery, it was awesome. And they're going to tell everybody. And then not only are they going to tell everybody on their phone, they're going to tell everybody in person every chance they get. Every time they go to a party, every time they go to a get-together, they're going to say, hey, have you seen DJ's bakery? You see what I'm saying? So building that, we're in the perfect environment for that right now because people are craving in-person connection. And if you can do this, you will win. And then to take it a step further, if you can scale that out, Bro, you could crush. You could crush everybody. Because have you been to any of these chain places since 2020? No, I haven't. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. Th- there's no service. They don't give a shit. Everything's automated. It's gross. It's like eating at a fucking hospital cafeteria. Every fucking place that we go to now. Okay, that's so why I don't go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So this there's a. I actually think as a bakery, you're in a tremendous spot mm-hmm. if you execute the play right let me ask you this just just on
0: the because i mean i want to address the restaurant part of this like have you seen like is that a real is that a myth or is mm-hmm. that a real thing that re- like 80 to 90 percent
1: of restaurants don't make it past five years and yeah why but, is it yeah because it's it's drunks opening bars bro it's people who mm-hmm. are restaurant so look dude this is a saying i use drunks opening a bar all right yeah. when when fucking drunks open a bar it fails because they give away they're not opening it for a business they're opening it to be cool to their buddies and have a place where they can all drink for free. Yeah. So, there's all kinds of businesses like that. Like in the fitness industry, you have meatheads opening a gym. Right. Okay? Well, usually those gyms fail because they're not looking at it as a as a potential business opportunity, right? So, when we go through, you know, just because you would like to have that place doesn't mean you're going to operate it properly as a business. So w- restaurants fail because people who like to go to restaurants and people who like to go to bars open restaurants and bars and don't run them right as a business, and that's why they fucking fail. So there's no abnormal there's no abnormal uh, <clears throat> barrier to entry when it comes to restaurants uh, other than, which is becoming a sacred scarce skill, training your staff to create the customer interactions that I was just speaking about because people are very uh, non-personal right now so that's a skill set that the restaurant now has to take on. 20 years ago these people walked in, they had people skills now you have to train them so that's a little bit harder but this whole idea that you know, you're going to open a restaurant and it's going to fucking it's got a thousand percent chance of failing. Yeah. If you're going to give away your shit for free, yeah. just like if <laughs> I just opened up my warehouse here and gave my shit away for free, we'd Get be out of business. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So it's it's a little deceptive in, yeah. in that data, you know, but uh, that's what I've observed. And from all my buddies who are restaurateurs, you know, they all agree that that's that's why they that fail. That's how It is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. We, we used to open up a restaurant.
1: Be the best fucking restaurant ever. Hold on, motherfucker. So,
0: because you like to eat, did y'all you know, hear what eat I just business said? Business? No, but you're going to keep the business side of it, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I'm I'm doing to...
1: Because the food. Because means... I don't have enough shit going the on. The
0: quality of the food's going to be fucking. It's going to be fucking part nine. But you, you, you'd make sure the business
1: shit This motherfucker on. asked me the questions. He's sitting <laughs> fucking four feet from me. And then comes back and says, you know what? I'm going to open a bar. Open the... a <laughs> bar. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: only so, uh, but like.
1: Yeah, hey. I know that's your favorite, <laughs> guys.
0: That was question number three. You want some uh, extra sauce, a little special sauce?
1: Yeah, we're only at thirty. We can hit another one. All right, let's get it, guys. Uh, question number four. I know everybody listens to the show while they're out doing seventy-five hard. So yeah, might as well it try it. to give them a full length. Give it. No, no one likes the short stuff. You know what I'm
0: saying? <laughs> what? No, no. What? Here's the girth. Question what, number what you four. Gotta, what are you gonna call your restaurant, bro? I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, Andy and DJ's meats. They'd be like a nice steakhouse.
1: Andy and DJ's thick meats.
0: Thick meats, yeah.
1: Thick cuts yeah. of meat.
0: Arby's might sue us, but, like, we have the meats. Like, we'll have the best ones.
1: I, I, you know what? I'm in. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meats, yeah, shit. Meat sweats, that's a good, that's a good name right there. Meat sweats. Now that we said that on the show, there's going to be 70 of them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should already be
0: trademarked. Yeah. All right, guys, question number four. Here's the girth. Uh, Andy, uh, I've started a home improvement company from the bottom up. Uh, Nothing 18 months ago to now I have 1.25 million annual run rate. Uh, We went from one to two small jobs uh, per week to now having a four-week backlog Monday through Saturday. This has been done by following your guidance of intense focus on customer experience and treating everyone like they are our only and last customer ever. We now have an average sale of 5.5K on project and a project minimum of 1.5K. We're now at the point where we receive calls for $500 to $900 projects. We're on the surface, the dollars and cents perspective tells me to move on and that I cannot service them because we lose money and opportunity costs with those projects. Mm -hmm. My fear is that I am telling the universe that I don't want more clients if mm-hmm. I do this. Is this fear valid? What advice do you have um, you have to give in this position uh, for trying to manage fast growth, five-star customer experience?
1: Yeah, this is easy, dude. You're overthinking this. This is real fucking easy. This is why this is, this is why I get paid the big bucks, bro. <laughs> this is so easy to solve, brother. This is why when I get an CEO going, y'all better fucking listen. Yeah. Because I'm going to solve this man's fucking problems. All right. Are good. you ready? Yeah. All right, one. Awesome, dude. 18 months to go from zero to a new concept in this economy in the construction space with with small ticket items. That's fucking badass. To do that kind of that kind of revenue. I love that, bro. Congratulations. It's fucking badass. But we do have to move on, okay? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't start moving on, you're not going to be able you're going to be expending. You right now you're in this position of earning your stripes, okay? Mm-hmm. You're earning, you're learning, you're learning how to operate a business you're going to have to start putting your time into projects that are bigger and more profitable so that you can, because we only have so much energy to put in, right? If we only have 100 units of energy a day and you're spending 80 of them on knickknacks, you only got 20 to go towards the big shit. It should be the other way around. And so to fix that, what you actually need to do is you need to figure out a way to create a small project department inside of your company where it would be like handyman work or you got like i've got a really good construction guy uh, a couple of them actually mm-hmm. and they've got a couple guys on their team that are kind of like the utility player right they can do anything and and this these guys build fucking you know 10 15 million dollar homes and properties But if I call them because my door is fucked up, they'll send their dude. Right. All right. So, which, by the way, it's usually Victor. Victor's the fucking man. I like Victor. Victor's the man. Okay. So, uh, so what I would recommend is just creating a small handyman position or a couple people that would handle these amount of jobs. You're probably not in a position where you need two yet. You probably just need a guy. And that guy's probably only going to be used sometimes. But I wouldn't give up on those because those are actually leads for the story that will build your bigger brand. And a lot of those people that have those little jobs, they're going to talk about how well your victor does the little job, right? Like if I own the company and I'm sending DJ over to fix the door and we're working on $10 million projects over on the other side of the business, what happens is the, 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 the story that's crafted becomes fuck, dude. Andy and DJ, they don't, they're over here building 10, $15 million projects, dude. And those still come over here and fix my house. They came over and changed my hot water heater. They came over and fixed the hinge on my door. These dudes give a fuck. And if you can do the amazing, if you can do the small jobs amazingly, that creates a story that gets spread, which brings you more big ticket business on the other side. So that's why you don't just wanna, you wanna grow, but you don't wanna abandon it. All right. That's that's no, that a, makes, that's a that, hundred million percent what I would do and what you should do. Let me ask you this though, because I feel Does like that makes sense you know, how I'm saying this. Because what sense. you're, while you may not on a five hundred dollar job, while you're going to get to a point where they're like, "Fuck, dude, that's that's not worth the time to do." Right. It is worth the time to do because of the marketing that comes from it. People don't buy because of you know, generally because of advertising or brands or what they really buy from is stories. They buy from the stories that people, they know. If you think about, if you think about how you buy things, it's not just because you see an ad. The conversation usually happens like this. Bro, have you seen the ad for those new shoes? Oh, yeah, yeah those white ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, do, what do you think of those? And you're going to say something like, well, I don't know, but Steve's got them, bro. He right. fucking loves them. And that story goes from Steve to DJ to Andy. And then I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna try it out, okay? So what this is about is this is about controlling and creating a great brand story that is spread from customer to customer to customer. And customers spread brand stories, not based around how much they spend, but based around how great you make the, the story, okay? So, and a lot of times, like in this scenario, where you have, let's say, a $200 ticket job and they know you're over here working on big stuff. They fucking know that. So like, it means more to them, right? Does that make sense? No, that's what I'm so, so. they appreciate percent. they appreciate it more, and then they're like, they're more likely to share the story, which grows your uh your funnel, and you get more customers. Yeah, and that's why I was going because I feel like my like my, my
0: my question to this though I want to ask you is I feel like this and this may be a mistake because you know I've I've had to deal with a few construction companies, right? But it's almost, they feel like there's almost this mentality that the customer, like, I, I'm never going to, like, you're only going to be my customer this one time. Right? Like, oh, yeah. In the construction space. Yeah. Right, right. And yeah, so but that's like, not true. It's not, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, can, we, can we factor fiction, you know, like this band, this myth here? Yeah, that's not true. That $200 dude, ticket dude. customer, he might, he
1: might, you know, want to build his daughter house or something like that. <laughs> dude, be... you never know, man. Yeah. And you never know who they know. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Bro, there's this story about a guy named Jeff Jarvis who was a Dell computer. Uh, he Okay, so way back, like in, it was like the 90s, I believe. It might have been the 2000s. There was a guy, his name was Jeff Jarvis. And if you go read about his story, it's called Dell Hell Jeff Jarvis. It, so this guy was, a fu- he loved Dell computers. Mm-hmm. Loved them, remember Dells? Yeah. Okay, well the reason you don't really remember him is because of Jeff Jarvis. All right so Jeff Jarvis had a Dell computer and he had a number of Dell computers I'm summarizing the story it's been 10 years since I read it so if I get some of the details wrong it is fuck what the off. fuck it is yeah, yeah right. but he loved Dell computers okay and he got a Dell computer that gave him a lot of problems it was a lemon computer and he tried to get him to replace it and they wouldn't hmm. and so <clears throat> what Dell didn't know is that jeff jarvis at the time was one of the biggest bloggers in the world when the internet was pretty new still so to have a massive blog was like way more powerful than even having a huge social media presence because there was no other presences for people to position themselves in so being a massive blogger back then was like being oprah right like whatever the fuck i say millions of people are going to do it's horsepower yeah bro real horsepower and they didn't know that And so this dude asked him uh, to replace the computer and they gave him the runaround and wouldn't do it. And like, it it was like a $1,000 computer, right? Well, anyway, this guy starts writing about the experience on his blog. And bro, over like a few years, this went on and on, he cost Dell something like $15 billion. Holy shit. Yes, one customer, one customer, Cost them billions of dollars because they wouldn't replace a thousand dollar fucking laptop because they didn't and so here's the lesson of the story every customer is Jeff Jarvis Mm -hmm. if you treat every customer like they're Jeff Jarvis and that they're going to turn around and and they are now because everybody's got social media and you treat every customer like they're going to turn around and tell the story of whatever it is bro that's that's free leads that's free branding. That's, that's how you do it. That's how we did it in the 1800s, bro. It was all word of mouth. We're still humans. We still operate on word of mouth. We just do it through technology. So when these companies get so big that they don't think it's worth servicing the little guy, they're making a massive mistake because the little guy can be a big fucking problem with technology. So how do you counteract that? Well, you counteract that by assuming that every single person that you deal with every single day has the power to fucking tell the entire world if you did something fucked up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you own a big company like a construction company or like a you know, you're doing driveways or something, and you think like, like, oh, this is a one-time thing. I could cut a corner, you're making a big mistake, bro, because that person can flip over their phone right there and be like, look at this bullshit they did in my fucking house. Look at this shit they did in my driveway. I just saw one of my buddies who's building a massive house in fucking Tennessee, bro, and they they built the driveway in the wrong spot. Oh, shit. And this guy's posted on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, it, and we're talking yeah. like a fucking $15 million house, bro. This ain't like a fucking... Big like, driveway. Yeah, yeah right. but it doesn't matter if it was. If yeah. it was a $100,000 house, the driveway should be in the fucking right spot. Right. And if it ain't, tear it up put do it again, and that's what the fuck it takes. Like, you're right. But the point of this is is that... Customers ha- know people And at any given time You sh- you are not just dealing with the customer You are dealing with the customer's network That's the age that we live in So if you own a big company or a big brand And you think oh we only deal with this person Once or twice in their life You're making a big mistake Because that person knows Infinite amount of people They can get in touch with every single person They've ever fucking known Since fucking preschool On their fucking cell phone With two clicks of the fucking phone so we've never lived in an age like that. So when you look at how negative or positive that can be, the implications are massive. So you should always treat every single opportunity, whether it's a two hundred dollar hinge, a hundred dollar, uh, you know, doorknob that you fix. Think about that hundred dollar doorknob. Yeah, fuck. We're living in a fucking weird ass time, bro. <laughs> I say that. You shit, got shit on <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Just think about that shit, bro. Hundred dollar doorknob, yeah. We gotta do something about these taxes. That's that's tomorrow on CTI. We'll talk about that. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, is that you wanna treat these people as if they are the Jeff Jarvis, as if they were are going to tell the whole world and you wanna make sure that they are not just satisfied, that they are fucking thrilled.
0: I love it, man. Yeah.
1: Well, guys, Andy, that was four. That was four. Don't be a whore. Or do. <laughs> All right. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze, fuck a
0: bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bank can't fold, dust a no Head shot, case closed,